0: Oh.
1: We say to you this morning that you are everything. You are our everything. There is no one like you. There's no thrill this earth has to offer that compared with knowing you and walking with you and living with you, day and day, day by day. You stand over us all night. You surround us with love. We wake up in your presence. Where can we go? There's nowhere we can go, Jesus, to get away from your presence. And we love you this morning and live for you. Continue singing. How about his greatness in our lives? When
0: up from the inside with praise and adoration, all honor and glory goes to you and you alone today. You are the creator and sustainer of all things, sustaining us even now in this moment. You are our God and we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves before you today. We seek after your face. We we make the choice to press into your presence. Holy Spirit, we invite you to invade this space. hearts and our minds are, are opened up to you as we open up your word as we dig speak to us move in us and through us today it's in the name of Jesus we all pray and everybody said amen you may be seated as we prepare to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Jesus, you are our provider. And we thank you for the provision that has come. How we have all of our needs met by you. And we thank you in advance for the provision that is coming for our family units and for our church family as well. Take what we have to offer you today. Use it, bless it, multiply it, accomplish your kingdom purposes with it. Build your church, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. And kids, you can come and bring your, your offerings. And I follow Ms. McKenzie out. if you don't mind bringing the house lights up a little bit for us Eric that'd be great I want everybody to be able to see the scriptures as we dig thank you everybody for making the choice to come out this cold November morning I went to sleep. It was June. I don't know how long I've been hibernating, but here we are. Here we are. We're just going to continue to be thankful for this moisture, warm or cold. Right? We'll be thankful for the moisture. So um, this week and next week, we're 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 going to continue to be in our wisdom literature mode. Today we're going to look at Ecclesiastes. Next week we'll look at Song of Solomon. So I want to invite you to the book of Ecclesiastes. And we're going to kind of go on a, an interesting journey today. Ecclesiastes is, it's a little weird. It's a little odd. Um, it's, it's full of a lot of tension, but what's great about that is it, it's really reflective of of reality, the, the 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 tension that we experience in in this world. Um, the Ecclesiastes it, it, it was written by Solomon. There, there are some who who try to deflect from that, but it's it's pretty evident that. King Solomon was the one who wrote down Ecclesiastes. Um, but it's, it's got a different vibe than Proverbs, okay? Um, imagine King Solomon at the end of his life, and he is um, he's putting these words into motion, and they, they are a reflection of. Of of his life, a, a bit of a, a testimonial, perhaps, um, to understand the context. So, Ecclesiastes—the word it, it, it essentially means assembly. Ecclesia is is a gathering, an assembly. Today we are an ecclesia, okay? And so, if you're if you're trying to picture the context, let, let's picture it like a presidential press conference. We, um, or or the listeners, have been invited into um, the press room, and uh, that includes us today. And so you've shown up ready to take notes. Now, maybe you brought a pencil and paper. Uh, Maybe you're going to uh, turn your iPhone on or whatever, and you're going to record. Or maybe you brought your tape recorder with the microphone hanging off of it. Remember that from the 70s? Okay? Maybe that's how you're going to do... You're recording today, but um, and, and we're not expecting the president, but the king. King Solomon is, is going to come and he's going to lecture us. Now, as we, re- we reflect on Solomon, uh, we need to remember that his wisdom was so great that people were traveling from outside of the, the nation of Israel to come in and to sit in his presence and to hear him pontificate. People, other kings and queens would, would travel long ways just to get into his throne room and hear him and, and hear him talk about whatever topics were on the table. So this was something that people love to do, long to do, would pay huge amounts of money to be able to do. And here we are invited into his throne room, and he's going to pontificate. And this, um, this particular set of lectures is unique because he's at the end of his life, and it's sort of like his, okay, it's his, you want to call it his farewell set of lectures? We, we can call it that. But that's essentially the vibe or the context of Ecclesiastes. In fact, he probably did actually speak these words or orate these words. Um, these were probably actual lectures that he gave to whatever ecclesia or assembly that was gathered before him. Now imagine the excitement that you would have if you were invited into this arena, this, this, this event, and in he comes, and everybody stands and claps, at, you know, or like the king is here, he's arrived, and he gets up to the microphone, and, and you've got your notes ready, and he opens up by saying, meaningless. Meaningless. It's all meaningless. Talk about popping the, the balloon, letting the air out of the balloon, like, what? <laughs> And that's exactly how he opens his lecture. His reflection on his, his life's work, his life's accomplishments, and, and let's remind ourselves, we're talking, King Solomon is, is the pinnacle of, of Israel's history, prior to Messiah coming, of course, but when, when, from, from a pure Jewish or Israelite perspective. King Solomon is is the pinnacle. Okay, we, we are we are at the very peak, and and things were so great in Solomon's time that they had amassed an incredible amount of wealth. Like I said, people were coming from all over, bringing huge amounts of of gold and silver and and, and animals, and I mean they, they kept building stables to add more horses, to add more horses, to add more horses. He just he had. Amassed an, an incredible amount of of wealth and, and there was prosperity for everybody. Amazing, amazing days in his in Israel. And he gets up to the microphone to talk about it, and he basically says, meaningless. Vanity. Hollow. Meaningless. That word meaningless. Shows up in Ecclesiastes. I believe it's 37 times in 12 short chapters. All these chapters are very short. You can read through the book of Ecclesiastes. I did it several times this week. You can read through it in less than 30 minutes, quite easily. Okay. And it, and that phrase, that word, shows up over and over and over again. And that happens when you're reading scripture, and something is repeated understand that there's emphasis. That's the point that is really trying to be made. It's not by accident. Ecclesiastes is shrouded in this word, meaningless, which is really exciting place to start. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless, he says. That's the beginning of chapter one. Now, we're going to read out of the end of chapter 11 and chapter 12. But let's just talk through a little bit what's happening through Ecclesiastes. Basically, Solomon, he he breaks his life down point by point, all of his successes. He talks about his wealth. And in the midst of that, he says, meaningless. Meaningless, because the wealthy man is going to die just like the poor man. Uh, He talks about all the the, the pleasures that, 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 that he experienced, and he's like, you know what? Meaningless, because the one who is engulfed by pleasure is going to die just the same way as the one who abstains from all of it. He talks, about, he talks about his work, his labors. Look at chapter 4, you can see that. All, all that he had accomplished, all the buildings he had built, and, and, and all, all, all the, the vast splendor of, of his life, his, his time frame, all that had been accomplished. And he says, you know what? Meaningless. Because the one who works hard is going to die just like the one who sits on the couch... Playing video games all day. That's the the end result. He he now realize this this is Solomon. This is the one who who went when when he became king and he started and he started ruling, he had this God encounter, and God said, You know what, Solomon? Ask for anything you wish, I will grant it to you. And Solomon says, I want to be able to rule wisely. Fill me with, with wisdom so that I can do this job the best of my ability. God was so impressed with that. Not only did he give him wisdom that would far surpass anything that anybody had known at that point, but then he, he added all these other things to him. So this, this is the, the wisest person in the world at the microphone reflecting on all that he had put his hands to, all that he had accomplished Thinking through it critically, realizing the futility of all of it, that that the, the reality is no matter what you do, the grave is inevitable. No matter how hard you apply yourself or or how weakly you apply yourself, no matter how much you you gain or how much you lose, the reality for both is the grave meaningless now the scales are tipping towards this really dark thing but then there's this other phrase that shows up all the way throughout ecclesiastes that that counterbalances it it's like if it it, this is the reality enjoy life while it's happening Eat, drink, be merry, enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it. This phrase shows up over and over and over again. And so we have this weird tension that this wise person is, is, is caught in the middle of, realizing the futility of things, but in the midst of that futility, Enjoy it while it's happening. Enjoy it while it lasts. Don't let the moment pass you by. Don't don't let it be wasted. And he's wrestling with this as he's he's sharing, as he's reflecting, as he's looking harshly at, at his whole existence. And he comes to chapter 11. And I want to pick up the reading. Let's, let's just kind of feel out how his words are flowing as, as he winds down his, his speeches here, starting at verse 7, I believe. Light is sweet, and it pleases the eyes to see the sun. However, many years you anyone may live, Let them enjoy them all, but let them remember the days of darkness, for there will be many. Everything to come is meaningless. You who are young, be happy while you are young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. I'm going to allow myself to just believe that I'm still young here, so this is talking to me. This is great. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see. But know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. So then, banish anxiety from your heart and cast off the troubles of your body. For youth and vigor are meaningless. Oh, great. Remember your Creator. Here's here's where real perspective begins to set in. Remember your creator. See, what what he's been doing all the way through his speeches is he's been focusing on on everything under the sun, the the here and the now, the, the, the timeline in which we live, the timeline in which we are crammed inside of. And 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 the, the, the vanity, the meaninglessness, uh, all that is, is applied to this this current reality, and then and then he begins to step outside of that. Finally, remember your creator. Suddenly we're we're not just looking at ourselves, we're not just looking at the meaninglessness of our of our current reality, but then we begin to look up a little bit past ourselves, beyond our our boundaries, our framework. Remember your creator. Remember the one who put all of this thing into motion from beginning to end. Remember him. In the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach, when you will say, I I find no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars Grow dark and the clouds return after the rain. When the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few, the hard workers, the laborers, and, and those looking through the windows grow dim. When the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades, when people rise up at the sound of birds but all their songs grow faint, when people are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets. When the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags itself along and desires no longer and desires no longer is stirred, then people go to their eternal home and mourners go about the streets. You see the sun rises and then it falls, and then it rises and then it falls and it rises and then it falls, and, and this is over and over and over again, over and over and then you die. And then the sun rises again and falls for those that are left behind, right? I mean, he's acknowledging the reality of the cycle of life. Remember him before the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the wheel broken at the well. And the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, says Solomon. Everything is meaningless. Not only was the teacher wise, but he imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads. It's probably not a word that you used this week. But to goad is to prod along. Um, a goad would be something you would poke an animal with to keep it going. But you, you've probably been goaded before by someone with, with their words, uh, egging you on. It's usually used in our context in, in somewhat of a negative sense as somebody's daring you or devil daring you or devil dog daring you. That would be goading someone along to, to do something like stick their tongue against a frozen pole, and you know, right? And, and then the fire department has to be called in. So that, that's, that's the phrase goading, okay? Goading. And, and so the word, listen to, listen to this again now that we're reminded of that word. The words of the wise are like goads prodding us along, moving us along. They're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails. Not, not a nail that's going to pop out, but a nail that's, that's driven in deeply, sunk right in, and, and it's got a firm grip on what it's holding in place. The words of the teacher are prodding us along, and, and they're sinking in deeply, embedding themselves in our hearts and in our minds given by, look at this, one shepherd. You almost wonder if those two words should be capitalized. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. Because of making many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the body. There's... The, the, the teacher, the, the, the king is is reminding us. And there's there's people writing stuff all over the place. Books being written, words being added to the world daily. But just because somebody wrote it and it was published, is it necessary to add it in? Is it necessary to dig into it? Is it... There's, there's like this warning that there, there's, there's an enemy out there who seeks to kill, steal, and destroy and, and, and lead astray, desiring to draw away the sheep from the fold. And he'll, he'll scheme even, even with words, with philosophers, and things like that. So watch out. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. And these last two sentences. He brings all this tension and combines it all into one statement. The here and the now matter because there is an eternity coming, uh, a time of judgment that, that will be coming. And what you do in the here and the now, there will be account given for that. All of this tension of of the meaninglessness of the here and the now and at the same time enjoy it while it lasts is is shrouded in this very basic and simple truth fear God and keep his commandments he's Solomon has already said in, in the early part of Proverbs, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. He, he has this fundamental understanding that fearing God and knowing God and, and remembering our Creator, all of these, all of these things are, are a, a foundational piece of who He is. And in the midst of all of his wisdom, all of his pondering, all, all of this tension that he's, that he's trying to unload in, in this particular book, it's still reflected the bottom line. Fear God. Function inside of his parameters. Keep his commandments. Enjoy it while it lasts, yes. but This is where... The here and the now and the eternal mesh up together we, we have an, an eternal perspective as believers. Yes, we function in the here and the now inside of this tension and and we could allow the the vibe of, of Ecclesiastes with the, the negative vibe of of Ecclesiastes to To be uh, the way we live, but at the same but why would we do that when we have this eternal perspective? Realizing that what we do in the here and the now, it it does matter, especially when we have the whole of Scripture to look at. Man, if Ecclesiastes was all we had to look at, (laughs) huh? There might not be a whole lot of hope in our connection and relationship with God, but we have far more outside of this book that we bring into our lives. So let's, let's look at an example. I, I told Steve I was going to pick on him a little bit this morning. So Steve, our today's sound man, Steve, but the last two years, Steve has been working really, really hard building up his body, his strength. Um, and uh, I think his goal is, is somewhere near Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know. But that's his trajectory. That, that, that's where he's headed. But Ecclesiastes will tell him this. It's meaningless. Because Atlas will die just as much as the morbidly obese person will die. That's, that's right. That's, that's a little bit of the vibe, right, of, of Ecclesiastes. The person who eats the salads and the person who eats the donuts both end up dying, right? The one who chooses Joni's every day and the one who chooses McDonald's every day. You know, right? That's sort of the vibe of, of Ecclesiastes. So Steve could could fall into this, the, the, the negative category of and be like, well, it's, it's meaningless, so what, what's the point of working out? What's the point of actually? What's the point of being healthy? And yet, the whole of Scripture, when we look at it and we take it on, we're reminded, but wait, see, our, our body is a, is a temple. Our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So even though this thing is temporal, and even though the, 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 the wisdom of Ecclesiastes is just like, yeah, the sun rises and the sun falls, and no matter what I do, I, I will die someday, the tipping point is, but enjoy life and make it really count. And if the body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, doesn't it seem to make sense to us that caring for our body is the best way to go? Even though at some point the body will die, yes, that's true. In the end, Steve is making the right choices. This is just, this, this is one example, one way for us to sort out the wisdom of Solomon through, through this book. Yes, what he's saying is, is true here, but that's not really his landing point. His landing point is fear God and keep his commandments. In the midst of the humdrum of the sun rising and the sun falling, what we do absolutely matters. It matters now, and it matters eternally. That's what I'm getting out of Ecclesiastes. I would encourage you this week, if if you could, to to in one setting, just read through Ecclesiastes, just just soak it in. Again, it won't it won't take you long to do it. Just to because we we have a tendency to break things down like like uh, those of us who experienced the 60s and the 70s will will hear you know Ecclesiastes chapter 3 we'll hear the birds singing to everything
1: turn
0: turn turn right that 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 that's going to be going on through the back of your head as you're reading it. that's okay that's that's just one tiny little piece of this this thing that, that King Solomon is, is, is laying out before us. And so um, I would encourage you to, to, to take it in, just to drink the whole thing in in one setting. Doing it more than once is, is even better. But at least just catch the vibe. And, and I think you'll experience what I'm talking about here. All of it landing at fear God. And keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. Jesus, we we honor you today. Even in um, trying to dig through and sort through this odd book, this one that, honestly, we, 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 we tend to probably pass over. Yet as we, we force ourselves to, to get our hands and feet dirty in, in this, we realize how fundamentally true
1: the words that Solomon have to say
0: in Ecclesiastes. That in the midst of, of a reality where things, uh, the the hard work that we can put our hands to, or all the wealth that, that we acquire, or or all the knowledge or wisdom that we, we we seek out, in the end, it's it's hollow and 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 vain and, and meaningless. Yeah. But when we fear God and keep his commandments, those things can find purpose and meaning and value. You see, just as... as Steve's example comes before us today. His his health empowers him to be the man you have created him to be, and and will likely enable him to be the man you created him to be longer. More fruit. And he'll enjoy the life that that you've given him. Be, because of the efforts. So, yeah, we could, we could lean in this meaningless direction, but when we fear you and when we keep your commandments, when we, when we allow our lives to be encompassed by your word and all that your word has to say, we find fruit and meaning and purpose I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you will speak to each one of us in this room today about whatever aspect of life that you want to speak to us about. And maybe there's someone in here that has been struggling with their meaning and their purpose And a light is being shown. Hope is coming in. The simple truth. To fear you, to love you, to have a relationship with you, and to function inside of the parameters that you've given. That is for all man. Kind us even today. And it's in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, why don't you stand with me?
1: I'm going to say a blessing over you. Before I do, I, I just want to say
0: thank you to everyone for last weekend, for the many people that, that helped pull off Mia and Michael's wedding, and there were many, and just for your support, um, what a fun time it was, and um, they're now old married folks, so it's done. They're over a week. They, they made it. They made it out of the honeymoon, so all is well. Um, Very exciting. But thank you. Thank you for your support in that. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you, be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you and fill you with his peace and his power this week. Have an amazing one. See you next Sunday.